0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're improving a dynasty team on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners here at Rotoviz, coming back to you again in both podcast and live stream format. It will be available later on uh, as you, for everybody that would like to watch it on YouTube, the replay will be there. But Curtis, we have a very special episode tonight. Before I explain what we're going to be doing, let me just uh ask, how are you my friend?
2: I'm doing great. So this is uh show 2 from the new room uh in the house. When we had Scott Baird on earlier this week, I had literally just hours before relocated the studio to what was formerly the play den for the kids. Uh so I have all this new space, but as you can see, I've still got like kids artwork and yep. Um, you know the little like Hobby Lobby signs in this room. Like, I have not made it into the new Rotoviz command center uh, yet, so that'll be a project for the next couple weeks. But uh, that's really fun, and I mean, we're talking Dynasty tonight, so that always puts me in a great mood. And we're gonna get to to cut up one of your teams. But before we uh, kind of get into the topics, I want to hit us with an FFPC stat attack. All right. We've got Jalen Tolbert, Dave, out of South Alabama, and I've been looking into kind of these guys outside our top two tiers of the wide receiver position in the prospect box score scout on runoviz.com, and I've just been getting more and more impressed with the, the comps that I'm seeing for him. So first off, Jalen Tolbert, for those of you that are not familiar, a four-year player out of South Alabama. Um, broke out as a sophomore. He's an older sophomore, so he's a 20-year-old sophomore, but broke out with a, a 35% dominator, a true breakout, and then followed it up with 42% dominators in his junior and se- senior seasons, uh, scored at least six receiving touchdowns in each of those seasons, and averaged at least 16.9 yards per reception in his final three seasons. So this is a big-time playmaker. He's 6'3", 195, kind of shades of an A.J. Green-type frame. Uh, obviously not the same type of uh, you know, high profile entering college, but Dave, when you when you you know put his peripherals into the the prospect box score scout, his sims are incredible. So I give him 193 pounds, a four four five forty, which I think is very mid range for him. He could easily outperform that. All ten of Jalen Tolbert from s- tiny South Alabama, <laughs> all ten of his top sims were first round NFL draft picks. Oh, my God. It's crazy. That's crazy, man. His top sim is Amari Cooper. Then you get Devontae Smith, Devontae Parker, A.J. Green, Kendall Wright, Michael Floyd, Corey Coleman, Justin Blackman, A.J. Jenkins, OBJ. I mean, this is an incredible, incredible list. Now, some of these players obviously flopped in the NFL, but as prospects, they all had great profiles. So to have a 50% hit rate for like, what, at least one wide receiver one season, I think, on that list, or at least one uh, a pair of wide receiver two seasons and, and several uh, high-end wide receiver one seasons when you're talking Amari Cooper uh, and A.J. Green. I mean, this is a great list. So uh, I think he's he's a, a little bit of a mover as I have more time to consider his profile. But anything stick out there for you, Dave, with Jalen Tolbert?
1: I mean, I, I guess just th- what this drives home for me is why it's important to look at every prospect, regardless of what you might have heard talked about them, where they're coming from. Because sometimes there are just these players out there that just, you know, you can find all these nuggets of gold in their profile. You look in the tools and you're just going to be really, really surprised. And I think that's why the more diligent you are with this stuff and the more that you dig in, the better off your dynasty teams are going to be, because you have to know about these players to really get that edge.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's the benefit of time that we have right now between now and the NFL combine. So it's not not the last player we'll we'll highlight in the FFPC Stat Attack and Dave, speaking of the FFPC, we are going to talk about one of your FFPC dynasty squad. So give give us a a quick hit here and let's change the topic. <laughs> So I thought for tonight's episode, uh, and for some uh, episodes in upcoming weeks, we could highlight a few of the teams that, that you and I are working on. I mean, we're, we're not just talking about fantasy. We're playing fantasy. Uh, we've got a large portfolio between the two of us and, and we both love dynasty. We've talked a little bit of best ball. We've talked, you know, prospects, but I want to get into some dynasty roster management. And Dave, you've got a $77 FFPC dynasty squad that you wanted us to take a look at tonight. Why don't you give us a little bit of background on this team, how long you've been in this league, and then uh, let's pull some stuff up on the screen and let's get to work.
1: So um, as you mentioned, $77 FFPC league, regular structure of an FFPC league here, uh, just one quarterback. I believe that this will be heading into the fifth year in the league. Uh, When I originally drafted this team, I went super wide receiver heavy. Um, I've had to make a couple of moves then in pushing for championships. Actually, last year felt like it, like not this, not the 2021 season, the 2020 season really felt like it was going to be the year, made a pretty strong push, didn't come away with the title, but I did not have as much time to dedicate to getting this roster ready to go in 2021 or managing it as I would have liked. So I actually would say that this team's kind of in shambles right now in comparison to what I was thinking it would have been, you know, heading into the yeah. 2020 season. As we will see, we really have to do some things on this squad to address the needs at running back. Receivers overall are pretty solid, but I think at this point, it's not as strong of a group as I would have been hoping for. Uh, so this is kind of the exercise of how do you turn around a team that has some pieces to it There's probably some backbone to this squad that we could use to carry it forward, but it's kind of been neglected for maybe a year, year and Mm -hmm. a half. What are some of the things that we can do?
2: Yeah, this this is like one of my favorite things uh, to do. So this is going to be really fun. And, you know, kind of to sum that up before we look at the actual assets on your squad and plan your next moves, I mean, managing a dynasty squad, uh, even in the context of a portfolio, it's like every dynasty squad is its own bonsai tree and you have to constantly prune it to keep it healthy. And they're all going to grow a little bit differently. And they might not look exactly how you would expect. Some are going to be fuller. Some are going to have more branches. And you know, each league that you have, it's, it's a different climate. It's a different environment. And you still got to fight against all that stuff to make it work, man. And that, that's why dynasty is so cool. Um, so let's take a look at what you got here. Um, for those not familiar with the one QB, uh, dynasty format on the FFPC. You start one quarterback, you start a pair of running backs, you start two wide receivers and two flexes, and then you actually have a tight end and it's tight end premium scoring. And, and you still have a kicker and a defense. Now, Rotoviz partnered with FFPC last year to launch our Rotoviz TriFlex Dynasty League. So if you don't like playing with a kicker or defense, you can check out those startups. They'll open later this month. Um, we also introduced the requirement of starting a third wide receiver and there's a super flex spot. So for those that are looking at this squad that we're going to talk about tonight and thinking, you know, hey, I'd like, you know, maybe a more progressive option. Um, that's out there too. And we'll talk about one of those squads in in you know the weeks to come. So, so Dave, I think the first thing that I noticed here, you know, you've got it's the off season, but you got Matt Ryan in your starter spot and you got Carson Wentz. Uh, it's a one QB league, so that doesn't really you know bother me too much. Let's come back to that. You've got the big man, Jonathan Taylor. Any time we talk Taylor, I obviously pull the Colonel Taylor <laughs> bourbon. <laughs> nice. so that's what I'm drinking tonight when I saw the squad. Um, so, you know, we don't need any work there at RB1. And, and really, Taylor's giving you a running back and a half worth of production each week. So let's talk about these receivers. You've got Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, and Keenan Allen. I mean, these are all like, you know, mid-prime or mid to late-prime guys in the case of, of Keenan Allen. That's, that's a bona fide trio. So, so you must be talking about the depth. We look at Chase Claypool, and then a, a bunch of other like kind of sort of what are they guys? Rondell mm-hmm. Moore, Diami Brown, Lavisca Chenault, KJ Osborne, which was a nice pickup uh, for you on waivers last year, I assume. DJ Chark, Wilf, William Fuller. Now, yes, uh, I should I should be sure to say, and Khalif <laughs> Raymond. So yeah. you know, th- this is a team that has the makings of a really exciting starting lineup or the, a starting lineup core, but then it's, it does feel very thin. Yep. Um, what are I guess, what are you most excited about on this team? And then what do you, what do you think your biggest priority is? And then I'll tell you what I think your biggest priority is.
1: Well, I think that obviously I'm super excited about having Jonathan Taylor moving forward and having that anchoring group of wide receivers. Um, I, I noticed that you mentioned that the Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, Normally, I don't carry two quarterbacks. I was kind of forced into that. Um, To be honest, I forget exactly why. And then, you know, I was so inactive here that I didn't even go ahead and try to rectify that by the time the season ended. So I would like to maybe do something to kind of upgrade a little bit at quarterback because I think that Matt Ryan, um, you know, isn't really going to get it done week to week. Carson Wentz, probably not. It would be nice to have somebody a little bit more stable in there. And then I do think I need to get a little bit more depth at running back. And then one of the things that I'm really curious about is trying to find some type of package to pull in a fourth wide receiver that I could rely on yeah. a little bit more. And then maybe not need to carry so many wide receivers, but have maybe two younger players that I'm hoping develop.
2: Yeah, I th- I think that's that's the makings of a pretty good blueprint there. Um, we're going to have to see what the other teams in your league have. We should also mention, uh, Dave's picks, uh, this time of year, it's important to understand, you know, the specific pick slot. He's actually got all seven rounds worth of picks in the FFPC. There will actually be a cut down. So we also have to think about that. Some of the players that are on Dave's roster, he's going to have to throw back for free, uh, and would have to potentially, you know, spend a pick to get them, um, but the things didn't really bounce well for this team. Last year, Dave missed the playoffs. He's got the 104. So that's actually pretty exciting. When you talk about, you know, the overall context of this roster, I'm counting three top 18 overall assets in this format, and Jonathan Taylor, Tyree Kill, and AJ Brown. And Keenan Allen's probably still a top 36 asset, maybe even, you know, top 30. So, you know, the core's there, and you're going to get to add a top five pick here. So we've definitely got some stuff to work with. Here's the list that I came up with for you, Dave, your offseason priorities. Okay. So the first, the first thing you're in year five, there could have been some turnover. Admittedly, you said you kind of neglected uh, getting this team ready last year. So just early on, we got to build the trade relationships. I don't know if you have any uh, trades that you've made with any of the owners in this league over the years that you could kind of go back on. You know, if you, I find that, you know, pulling the trigger successfully on one trade tends to, you know, pave the way for future trades, because you've now proven that you guys can negotiate and come up with something that's, you know, mu- mutually beneficial, at least in your eyes. And then I think you, you've got a couple of different ways that you could go in, in terms of making this team playoff ready. And that's really all you need to do with the the high end guys that you have on this squad. If you just get into the playoffs, you could easily win, uh, yeah. could easily win. So the the my first idea is for you to go bully tight end one. You know, you've got Cole Komet. We like Cole Komet. And you've got Adam Trotman and, you know, with the change at quarterback, potentially, you know, in New Orleans, you know, maybe we get a little bit of something from him in year three, but you could also just have total flops at both of these spots. Mm -hmm. And if it's going to be a lot easier, I think for you to identify, you know, maybe not a Kelsey level, uh, but if I I think you could probably go out and buy Mark Andrews uh, or George Kittle, Probably not Kyle Pitts, but I think if you were willing to pay, you could get a guy like that on this squad. And then that bully tight end one really is a, a weekly advantage for you at that position yes, yes. Um, or, or we need to get a better tight end two hedge on Comet. Mm-hmm. So if you can get somebody in that Friar Muth or Fant range, those are guys that we're already drafting in best ball, adding a player like that, that would be a little cheaper. Um, but, but give you a hedge in case Comet doesn't bust out or if they both end up busting out, perhaps you end up using one of those guys in your flex, then it would be running back two. I think tight end is my priority for this squad running back two would be my secondary uh, priority. I've identified an opportunity to consolidate some of your bench wide receivers for draft picks or, or pick upgrades, even if you can't get an outright draft pick for them. And then the one Oh four is also a really attractive tradable chip. Um, you know, we, we could spend it or we, maybe we don't want to spend it. You know, you and I have talked about having kind of a top two tier. We talked about that with Scott Barrett earlier this week in this one QB format. It's really Traylon Burks and Brees Hall and then, you know, a gap for us. Yep. Um. And so, and so you're into that next tier. Perhaps you could trade back to the one, six, one, seven, one, eight. um, And, and still get a player in that second tier, that one B tier upgrade the team, but, but, you know, get something else out of that. And then luxuries, it's funny that you say, you know, hey, I'd love to upgrade that quarterback position. If we could get a developmental Konami code QB, you yep. know, on on the cheap, maybe maybe players that would even be cut, you know, will Zach Wilson be cut in the trim down? You know, stuff like that. I think that we look at it's not necessarily that we need to draft Malik Willis in, in the rookie draft. It's not necessary that you go try to trade for Josh Allen or something. But I think a, a player that could become, you know, like the next Jalen Hurts and the next Dak Prescott, that's what we're looking for. Um, so what do you th- what do you think about these notes? Um, uh, are are you into it or is there anything that scares you here?
1: Well, I, I actually just want to say for the people that are listening uh, before we even get into my comments on them. I like the way that you laid this out as you were thinking about the different things that I could do. It's actually um, Curtis, can you list off the uh, bullet points? I'm not sure if you're all the way up there that you kind of had and like how you organized this. For the oh yeah, uh,
2: Yeah, I think I think they're visible on the screen here. Um, yep. Okay, so, yep. so so yeah, really the the first and most important thing strategically is to build those trade relationships. Okay, yep. And we then, had that. Yeah, yep. and, yeah, and then you know upgrading tight end. There's two paths for that.
1: Okay, made, yeah. No, so yeah. I guess I met kind of like the bullets. So you had build trade relationships think about trades then movable assets yeah. where you kind of listed oh, where yeah. you're, you you see what i'm saying
2: Oh yeah 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 so yeah so uh you had your your priorities um your movable assets and then yep. your luxuries
1: Luxuries okay um, and, yeah
2: cuz yeah so cuz that's really you can't do it all at once and and you kind of want to go in order of importance here um and you also have to think about like the whole context if you just start firing off random trades um, without a clear goal in mind, it it gets kind of frustrating or even difficult to to track the progress that you're making. But this, I mean, this was a simple ac- exercise. I mean, you sent me over your roster. It took me three minutes of looking at it to come up with. And if you're playing in 10 leagues, spend a half hour, now you got your offseason blueprint. You know what I mean?
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I like the way that you laid that out. So I guess my thoughts would be, I am perfectly cool um, with trying to work to get a solid tight end um, you know, as I'd mentioned, kind of trying to consolidate a wide receiver sounds perfect. So these are all things that, uh, are, are appealing to me. None of it really makes me that uncomfortable in regard to the building trade relationships. That piece, I, I think it could be a little bit tough. I have tried to make a number of trades in this league, but I generally find it's, I've have struggled to be yeah. able to conduct trades that felt fair to me at all. In fact, the year that I was really pushing to win, I had to tr- I had to make what I know a lot of people would think would be a terrible trade. I did not, my, I forget my tight end situation, but I had a guy that I liked. He was gonna become unavailable. There was no way to easily get into a tight end I thought was gonna be serviceable. I actually had to move Robert Woods for Hayden Hurst. That's how hard it was to Ooh. actually get a trade done. Ouch.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate That's Indeed.com slash Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans.
1: After all, it's only pressure. You got this adidas
2: yeah okay i got it well there's a couple of things at play there you know the tight end premium plus in this format on ffpc and this is why we worked with them to create an alternative for those that that want different you know value situation i mean wide receiver really is devalued beyond those you know uber elite guys like the ones that you have on your roster so it would be very natural for you know, even in his prime 27 year old, Robert Woods may not have gotten even a late first in return. Yeah. Uh, whereas in a start three, you know, with three flex type leagues that many of us play in the private invite, uh, side of the industry, uh, you know, Woods would be worth a mid first, uh, at his yep. peak. So yeah, it's, it is a different situation. I've, 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 been there and it is every, every platform's a little bit different, but I think you can get there. Uh, we okay. just have to understand what the other guys in your league or gals are going to value, and think like they would be thinking. And that's the other uh, piece of this. And I think this is where, you know, kind of dovetails in nicely on the FFPC. I really like this view um, from the, uh, from the league management page. And it just lays out each roster by position and you can kind of just scroll across and then you have this narrow band of their draft picks as well. So, so it's very easy to, to pair up your roster, you know, with the other rosters in the league. So the first thing we're going to do, you know, We've said we want to identify a bully tight end one situation. So we need to look at each of these rosters, find out where those elite tight ends are and look at their roster context. Is there something that we can put together that makes sense for them? I don't think it makes sense to offer a trade for Kyle Pitts. He's not going to be touchable. I don't want to waste our time on that. Um, He would be, he would be exciting to add. I just don't, I just don't think it's going to work. Okay. So here's the Darren Waller owner. Waller is approaching 30. Um, I don't think Waller's going to be easy to get, though. I'm going to guess this guy was this. This guy's got championship on the brain. Dynasty war. Uh, He he thinks he's competing this year. He's got Herbert. He's got Dalvin Cook and and Christian McCaffrey, along with Saquon Barkley and Antonio Gibson. This is a very classic high end FFPC uh, squad with all of this uh, concentration around the running back position. Um, And then he's got a solid wide receiver core and then Darren Waller. So Darren Waller is very important to his title hopes this year. It's not a good match. We'll keep scrolling. Um, let's see. We've got Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is on the plow horse squad. This is, this is a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, at, at running back, he does have two exciting chips in DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams. He's probably got very high hopes there. He has nothing at wide receiver right. uh, to write home about. It, this is a, a collection of low-end wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes and wide receiver sevens, (laughs) basically. uh, We like Hollywood Brown. We like Robert Woods and Mike Williams, but none of those guys are anything uh, in this type of format beyond like flex level players. You know, only the top 24 receivers really truly matter in this format. I think Andrews is worth probably starting some conversation for. Then we get, uh, unfortunately, we see Travis Kelsey and George Kittle on the same roster here. I have spent a
1: lot of time trying to get one of those those players (laughs) from the runner of this team.
2: Yeah. Andres Johnson. Um, so yeah, I think he, hold on. Can can we pause there for a second? (laughs) Yeah.
1: I feel like every league that I'm in, I come across an Andres Johnson team, everybody at this point, it is a very played out name. It's no longer relevant. It's not clever. It's not witty. Can we let the Andres Johnson names go to rest?
2: I mean, it's from your, from your ears to the communities, Dave, I don't think those are ever going away. Oh, um, I, they're just not ever going to go away. Oh, um, All right. But unfortunately, I think for us in this exercise, Andres Johnson, he, he probably built this squad on the idea that, Hey, it's tight end premium. And, and he wants to have a, not just a bully tight end one. He wants a bully tight end two. Yep. Um, I, I think you're going to have to pry those guys. You're you're not even going to be able to pry one of those tight ends out of his, you know, cold dead hands. So let's move yep. on to Sonny Weaver. Sonny Weaver's got Pat Fryermuth. It's an, and Noah Fant and Dallas Goddard. So we have three lower end tight end ones. Let's check out what else he's got. Maybe this is a potential trade partner. Um, He, this is actually a, a squad probably constructed similar to how you desire uh, to construct your squad, Dave. So yes, yes. Uh, we've got DJ Moore, uh, we've got Juju and DK Metcalf. We've got Judy as a, a uh, you know potential high upside player. Christian Kirk. Uh, see, he's got a, Honestly, this is a very similar roster to yours, other than the tight end position just being a little richer. Yes. This, this uh, manager has the one eight and the two three. So I think if we were going to construct a trade, we'd want to offer the opportunity to move from one eight to one four. So yep. let's put a let's put a pin in that. And then I think yep. the last squad to look at here, we've got an Ertz-Gesicki team. Let's scroll back away from that one and go back up to your boy, Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz on this other squad. Yes. Um, this this manager does not even have a first-round pick. So yep. that that's another interesting situation. I wonder if we would be able to do a, a, your one-four plus an asset Yep. for Dawson Knox and potentially a, a, an RB2 upgrade. Let's look at this roster. It's actually pretty gross at running back two, so that's not going to be the path. Uh but perhaps you would be able to to pry, you know, T Higgins or even Brandon Ayuk out of that deal um and maybe upgrade that flex two position on your squad. So, having now looked at these rosters, um I think those are a couple of trade ideas for your tight end situation. We can target the we can target the uh, Schultz and Knox owner. We can target the Andrews owner, and we can target the Fryermuth, Fant, Goddard owner. So that that's a little bit of a concentration. Any any of these squads stand out to you as a potential partner, Dave?
1: Um, I think the I think the team that had um the three. Tight ends seems like it'd be workable, but also the team too that doesn't have the round one, I feel like that's probably the most likely for me to be able to get the ball rolling there.
2: Yep. Yep. The pick upgrade from one eight to one four, and then the team with with no first. So let's concentrate just on those two. See if we can even come up with an offer that you can make yep. uh, while we're on that while we're on the podcast here. So we'll we'll focus on Sonny Weaver Jr. first. Uh upgrading from one eight to one four. Um, that's going to be important for, for this, uh, manager in FFPC. He's thinking I'm going to miss out on all of these early round one rookie draft running backs at the one eight, not going to have access to any of them. Um, so this is going to be a pretty valuable pick. He does have Joe Mixon and Derrick Henry. Dave, he's got Rashad Penny on this squad. I, he does. I, yeah. What I'm kind of thinking, what I'm kind of thinking here is the one four. And we've got to we've got to give him something coming back here. Let's yep. let's do like you know the one four and you know, maybe, you know, Rondale, maybe Diami, uh, or maybe even just Cole Komet going back the other direction. But it'd be great to pull Fryermuth and Penny out of that deal. Then then you've still got your first. You've upgraded or at least got a player you can feel more confident about at that RB two spot, and you've upgraded tight end. I think that you will at least get some sort of counter there. I think we're going to have to add a a name brand piece to the one for, uh, to make this happen. So honestly, any of these guys on your bench, other than Visca, I'm holding out a little hope for Visca with Doug Peterson in town now. I think any of these other guys I'd be willing to throw in to make that deal happen. Uh, Anybody standing out?
1: Well, I guess I was going to ask, the players that I'm not sure how people are going to value them right now, uh, are DJ and William uh, has William Fuller lost all name recognition at this point? Do we think?
2: Um, has William Fuller? Lost, I mean, maybe he literally has lost his name. Uh, I was so <laughs> I was I was so used to seeing Will Fuller V. Uh, for the last couple years, uh, he has he's been so ouchy. I don't think he's going to be worth anything in FFPC, but I do think that. You know, potentially Rondale Moore uh, would be worth yep. something, um, and I do. Th- I mean, even if you did have to surrender Laviska Chenault, if that's uh, you know the the flavor uh, for s- that, Sonny Weaver would prefer there. Yeah, um, and he does seem to be a, a manager that likes his wide receivers. Um, that actually might play in your favor. Maybe he would give value uh, to to any of these guys that you would potentially offer. Um, and I, and I think
1: th- I'm more okay with letting letting. Laviska off the squad than you are um i'm i'm not entirely attached to him too so that that is something i will consider
2: all right I, I threw this comment up here uh from our friend calvin hobby over at uh dynasty league football uh appreciate seeing you in the the chat buddy i'm actually going to be stopping by uh his show uh here in the next couple weeks nice. uh, to chat with him uh so it's cool to see him and dave looks like you just got yourself a uh a uh a sub and a follow on the channel nice here, so i'll make <laughs> sure to follow him back if i'm not <laughs> yeah <laughs> love it yeah um and then let's look at this other squad here for the other tight end idea i believe that was going to be the uh to is it your knox and schultz team or do you want to try yes. to make an offer from okay let's go for yeah, Knox and yeah, schultz. yeah. Yep. Okay. So this is a squad that doesn't really have any way of helping you at running back, but because this other squad is also needy at running back, I mean, this, this manager is just going to be absolutely lusting after the one four. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for you, that means you're going to have to ask for a pretty high end asset coming back out of his wide receiver core. Uh, cause yep. obviously Schultz and Knox are not going to, you know, move the meter too much. They might be worth a mid second each in this format uh, mm-hmm. with the roster cutdowns, et cetera. So I think your two ideas here, you could potentially offer the two, four for Knox, your boy. Um, yep. it feels a little bit aggressive, but I think it's, it's reasonably fair yep. and it, it has a high chance of being accepted as is. And then, you know, you can just kind of move on. Or if we want to, you know, kind of double down and and make an upgrade there as well, perhaps you offer the opportunity to move from Keenan Allen to T Higgins. And, and you buy all those years back, you right. know, I, I think something like that and including your first, uh, and then asking for his maybe early third mm-hmm. back, uh, or late second. If he's got an extra late second, let's find this, uh, let's find this squad here. No, he's got the two, two and the three, two. I think you could ask for a a future second, maybe the 23, his 23 second or his 22 third, uh, and, and get something like that to work. So there's a couple trade ideas there. Um, running back to, if we want to move on to the next potential, uh, trade partner, if we strike out on the, on the tight ends, we got to figure out which type of, what type of guy you want. Are you looking for somebody in that penny range that could, you know, the other manager would feel like they're they're selling high, or do you want to just buy somebody that's, you know, already a high end RB two or low end RB one? What's your, what's your appetite?
1: I kind of think I want to go for somebody that's already established.
2: So you want to trade that one four straight up for a player. That's kind of what i I'm think hearing.
1: I'd be interested in tra- Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because okay. honestly, with the one four, I mean, Brees Hall isn't going to be there. No. Nope. Um, and even at that, I'm not entirely sure that I would rather have him than somebody established at this point.
2: So, so we're either going to have to go for probably one of the injured, recovering young guys like a J.K. Yep. Dobbins or Cam Akers, yep. or you're going to have to go for a player that's already you know, in the first year or two of the second contract, uh, and you're you'll have to accept the extra age, but you're really trying to you know catch lightning in a bottle, pairing that back with Taylor and your stud wide receivers to get it done. Yeah. Um, so that that kind of funnels us into a very specific range of player. The slad lot does not have that. Sonny Weaver, we've already talked about, you know as a potential trade partner, he he does own Rashad Penny. Also, Joe Mixon feels like a player that, you know, one for even Derrick Henry. um, I think there's a lot to look at here. We wouldn't necessarily want to surrender it for Henry straight up, um, but I think it would probably even cost you more than that in this format. So Mm -hmm. focusing in on on Penny in the tight end deal or just going for Mixon and trying to balance that out, that could make some sense. Uh, Andres Johnson, (laughs) we've already talked about. I, I don't think he has enough to help you there um Plowhorse does have DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams, but I think this manager is very likely to want more than the one four. Uh, so you, it's going to depend on what your appetite. Now, this this manager does not have any picks before round five in the draft. Wow! So if you were willing, I think to do the one four and the two four, perhaps you could pry Williams or Swift. Yeah, I, I think that's at least fair to start the discussion. Or you go with your one four and your twenty-three first and you ask for his twenty-two second back. I think those are two ways to offer that trade in a way that's not offensive to the other manager and potentially yep. could get it done. Yep. Then we go to Forever Faithful. I don't see the type of back that you know we're really wanting there, or for Nigel Gruff. Uh we go up to Meatballs. This is a manager that has Najee Harris. I don't think you have you're gonna be able to give up what it would take uh to go after Najee here. And then uh, Dynasty War had they have the one nine, so I think this is a situation where if you are willing to take a chance on Barkley, you know Mm -hmm. maybe maybe you could do something like Barkley in the one nine for your one four and two four. Um, it's a very risky trade, a high risk high reward trade. Um, and I think a similar deal could potentially work for Antonio Gibson. So those are those are the other deals that I see. Anything sticking out in these conversations as as offers you might make?
1: Well, I think I'm definitely going to um, try and work that team that does not have a pick until the fifth round. Um, also, the okay. this, the I forget is is that that is not the team that we looked at that has Swift and Williams, is it? Or no, that is. is the team. That's definitely yes. the team I'm going to try to go with because I, I find both of those players to be pretty intriguing options. And then also they don't have much in the way of wide receiver. So I feel like there's a lot of options um, at different positions, different configurations for me in trying to make a move with that team that could be beneficial on both sides.
2: Yeah, I think you can do that. You probably have to get into including Chase. I think you're going to have to include Chase Claypool in the deal, probably. But we like enough wide receivers in this draft. I, I feel okay about that. You right. know, I feel if, if you're able to keep your 204 in the deal and sacrifice a receiver instead, we obviously like a lot of these second-round receivers. It's, it's, it, is, uh, it is deeper, I think, um, than, than many people are willing to admit uh, this season. So, okay, so there, there's what we've got in terms of trade ideas. You know, hopefully you can fire some of those off uh, this week, Dave, and we can report back, see if you get any counters or hopefully even some accepts. Uh, yep. and and drive this team towards a trophy next season. And then I think, you know, in terms of the Konami code developmental QB, that's probably something we're looking to do maybe when you're on the clock in the draft, um, or you could even maybe even just prioritize waiver dollars after the cutdowns. There's a lot of these teams, it looks like right. car- carrying three plus uh, quarterbacks, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to carry all of them. Well,
1: you know, it's going to be interesting too, Curtis, not to kind of cut you off there, but um, it seems like there continues to be a lot of chatter about the Eagles and other quarterbacks yeah. coming in and taking yeah. over for Jalen Hurts. So, you know, I'm going to be paying close attention to that too and see if he's a guy yeah. who can get on the team because even if he's not contributing right away or I have to wait this year, it's hard to think that at some point we're not going to see him if it's not with the Eagles, you know, getting a shot with another team. I know we've already talked about that before, but it's something to keep in mind now as these stories collect and it makes him an easier guy to get on your roster.
2: I, th- I mean, honestly, I think all this chatter is still other squads saying the Eagles want to upgrade at quarterback um, yeah. to try to see what's out there. I mean, we heard it all last season and the team. I mean, I, I guess you can argue that it's like the dreaded vote of confidence, but I haven't seen anything that would lead us to believe that the locker room doesn't want Jalen Hurts to be the guy um, or that the the coaching staff doesn't want Jalen Hurts to be the guy. And they right. have all these picks. And this is the weak quarterback class. So, I mean, I guess if it worked out for you to bring on Russell Wilson or you know, uh, another movable quarterback that's not named Deshaun Watson because that was talked about so much last year. I mean, maybe they could get it done. Maybe could Aaron Rodgers end up there? I don't. I mean, I don't know.
1: But I, I guess uh, the other yeah. layer is too. If there is something that happens, then it looks like there's a lot of scenarios in which a he either becomes the team yeah. that they do the deal with their quarterback, sure. or b he becomes one of these quarterbacks that's going to fill in on an opening that's created somewhere else. Especially yeah. as you said, with it not being the greatest quarterback class. So that's yeah. why I will feel
2: okay. All right. Well, Dave, I I think we've got some good homework assignments for your $77 FFPC dynasty squad. Uh, I want to take a look at one of my orphans in a similar exercise next week. Uh, Perhaps we'll get some of your notes for what you think I could do. uh, And I'll I'll also run kind of down through the the same exercise, uh, you know, with kind of my own leanings on how I would want to improve it. But, you know, hopefully this is something that uh, for those of you that are watching the live stream, obviously get a little bit of extra flavor uh, in this episode. And so if you're listening on the podcast and you know you would like the visuals, you can come find this episode on YouTube uh, or on my Twitter or the Rotoviz official Twitter, and you, you can see some of the notes uh, laid out there that we talked about throughout the podcast. But hopefully we described the exercise well enough that uh, it still landed in audio form only
1: yes um i really like the way you laid it out curtis i think that's a good framework for some people out there to kind of use and consider as they start looking at their dynasty rosters i think what would be cool too is maybe if we visit this exercise once or twice more and we let people send in their rosters maybe at some point we can even do some type of contest or something and then like the winner gets to have us look through their roster can make some recommendations what have you, it's just always a really fun exercise. And I also think that the layer that we didn't even get into that much, uh, when kind of running through this team too, sometimes it helps you to realize the way that you actually value certain players, Mm -hmm. Um, when you're actually thinking about like, what would I really give up for this player? So it's a good way to also kind of check in on where you are on the different players that make up your team so that when you inevitably get offers, you're kind of ready and you have a bit of a plan that you can go off of.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, I appreciate, appreciate the kind words. Let's see if any of these trades are successful next week and we will be back with our second uh big guest on our five week dynasty get or uh, not dynasty but RotoViz fantasy football uh podcast guest tour Danny Kelly joins the pod next week
1: thank you for listening to the RotoViz fantasy football show Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.